Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, we, we've been in a, I don't know if I'm going to call it a series or a season, but we've been going intensively for months now, just really um, going after the revelation of our, our true identity in Christ. How many of you guys know that what Jesus paid for and did on the cross, burial and resurrection, and put into the believer is far more profound than anything you could ever imagine? Amen. Come on. And so we're trying to discover that. But before I go deeper in that, i got to talk about stomachs. Have you, ever, have you ever taken a stethoscope and put it on your belly and listened? Did it surprise you? And then you start hearing the well call. And you can't even hear it with your ear, but it's happening in there. Sometimes you hear it with your ear and you know you're either in trouble or you're starving, right? But when you don't have that and you only hear it when you put that up there, I thought about putting the microphone on my, let's just see. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Oh man, that's good. (laughs) But if you ever like, like, like lay your head on, on your kid's belly or on somebody's belly and you're just like, and it's like, and you're like, are you okay? Why would you ask? Because they have no idea. Like it's way more going on inside than you have any idea, right? There's more going on in you than you have a clue. And then we got to talk about your blood, all right? The blood in your body, your heart pumps an average of 2,000 gallons per day. 2,000 gallons per day. How do you have that much blood? I don't know. But we just put we just put in our new water heater, and it's how many gallons? Fifty gallons. All right, it's this tall, this big. Fifty gallons, and somehow your heart is getting two thousand gallons f- pump, pumped through it every day. Isn't that crazy? And, and if you if you take all your blood vessels, okay, every part of that in the whole system, and you spread them out and put them back to back to each other. I read that it would be enough to circle the earth four times. In your body. What? And your heart's pumping through that stuff constantly. What? And, and also I read that it takes less than one minute to pump blood to every cell in your body. you got more than a couple cells in there. Okay? And it says that six quarts of blood can fully circulate through your body at least three times per minute. Whoa, that's pretty wild. Like your body's doing that right now. Were you you sitting there thinking about that before I brought it up? (laughs) No. And and it says that it, it makes thousands of round trips through your body every day. Whoa, your body's doing that right now. 
Like you may have thought about this a couple of times in your life, but I'll bet you're not like constantly dwelling on it. <clears throat> There's more going on inside of you than you realize, though. Amen? And, and the more in tune we get with our body, the more we can respond and act and treat it accordingly. And, and the, more, the better we get by being aware of what's going on in us and, and treating it well, the more healthy we can get and the more we can maximize our body use. Amen? Isn't that true? Well, if there's more going on inside of you than you knew, what about your spirit man? I, what, what if we oversimplify this stuff sometimes? What if, what if there's more going on inside your spirit than you are generally aware of? What, what if God has put more in you than you're usually thinking about or maybe you've ever even thought about? Wouldn't it be helpful to identify what's in there so that you can tune into it and then maximize it and, and align yourself with the ways that it needs to function for it to have maximum capacity? Got a couple of people in here that's on board with me. That's awesome. We're going somewhere. So if you think about it, though, like there's more going on in your spirit than you realize that's why we're trying to get real, we're trying to be real intentional over a long span of time of really looking in there and seeing what is in you. Amen? And if you have been born again of the Spirit of God, guess, guess what the best thing that you have in you is? Christ is in you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Come on. Like, you might not realize the capacity of what's in you regularly, but it doesn't mean it's not there. But what it does mean is that we need to get real familiar with it if we want to really tap in to everything that God has stored in us. Amen? So that's what we're doing. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, I preached a message called Present Yourself as Resurrected. Present Yourself as Resurrected. And I've been, I've been preaching out of Romans 6 quite a bit. And in Romans 6, um, you, you can go back and listen to these. I'm not going to sit on it long now, but it talks about how through Christ and, and through our faith in Christ that we've actually been grafted into him and we've been united with him in his death and we've been united with him in his burial through, through baptism, it says. And we've been in the same likeness with Jesus in his resurrection. And then it goes on and it says that we need to reckon ourselves. That means to choose to believe, choose to declare, choose to embrace the reality and the idea and focus on it. Reckon yourself as dead indeed to sin, but alive to God. So God's actually expecting us to do the disciplines of choosing reckoning. I, I need to reckon myself as having died to sin in Christ. Amen? I, but I also need to go further. Not just, it's not just about getting to the cross. I need to reckon myself to have been resurrected from the dead with Jesus Christ. The other side of the cross is way better than the former side. 
And it goes on, it says, it's, don't just reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Present yourself, it says, as alive to God. Like we actually literally are expected by God to present ourselves to him as having been resurrected from the dead. It's, 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 in the ver- it's, it's clearly in Romans 6. Like God sees something in you beyond what you're, per- you're probably currently functioning in, and despite that, God's saying choose to believe it and step into it, and now present yourself as such. So God wants us to believe that we've been resurrected from the dead, but he also wants us to live like it too. Believe it and live like it. So he's actually calling us into more powerful, free lives than most people have ever known. But it's already in you. Just like your gurgling gut is happening in you and you didn't realize it, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is already in you more than you know it is. Amen? And then last week, I preached a sermon called Follow Me Through the Cross. Follow Me Through the Cross. And, and I, I want to just say this again, if you weren't here, if you haven't heard it yet, I, I, I gave you guys a pearl that God spent years forming for me. And, and I, it's one that I, I want, I, I hope that people will treat it as such and let it come in you and meditate on it and chew on it and, and like re-listen if you need to. Take notes and, and unpack the scriptures because there's deeper revelation, deeper encounter, deeper transformation to be given if we pursue it. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to give you guys my best, all right? And, and that was one of my best. And I just want you guys to know, like, it's so important. But, but I, I explained how, uh, how there were three phases of, the, of Jesus. Out, out of Philippians 2, it talks about how he, he was seated in the heavens. So we all know this. Jesus, before he came to this earth, he was sitting in heaven on the throne. He, he is God. It says, it says he was with God and he was God, right? He, he was in the throne, on the throne, in the fullness of God glory. He's deity. He, he, he has the attributes of God. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's the glorious one. When, when we read Isaiah 6, and he talks about in the year that Uzziah died, and, and he looked up, and he saw the Lord in, on his throne, and his glory filled the temple. And it says that the train of his robe filled the temple. Remember that? And there's a seraphim, and they're shouting out to him. And, and like that scene is like the, that's God in the richness of his glory. And, and that's Jesus before Christmas, right? Nine months before Christmas. But then phase two, that was phase one, but phase two, he, he, he chose on his own accord to humble himself to the lowest. And he said, God, he said, Father, I, I want to I save our kids down there, and I'm willing to lay down all the attributes that are rightfully mine as God, as deity. Doesn't mean he stopped being God, but he laid down the glory. He laid down the omniscience and the omnipotence and the omnipresence laid it down so he could come and be encapsulated in a human body and submit himself to humanity 
and lived that life for 33 years, and you know it, you know the whole thing, and, and then he went to the cross, right? The ultimate humility. But then he resurrected on the third day, right? That's phase two, phase two went all the way up to the resurrection, all right? And then phase three started. He resurrected from the dead. He was, he was given his glory back. The glory that was rightfully his, he's given it back so that he could ascend into heaven and be seated in his throne once again in heaven and rule and reign. That's phase three. Phase one, heaven, fully God, glory. Phase two, humbled, human, sacrifice, lowest form of humility, right? Phase three, restored in heaven, full glory again, full deity again, but this time it's even better because he was God, and then he became man, and then he's God-man, the only person in, the, in history, God-man, amen? Pretty cool stuff. I could stop right there, but I'm not going to. But in Luke 9.23, this is what I went into deep last week. I'm just going to give you guys a brush over. He, Jesus said, he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. And then he went on and he said, he said there are going to be some, some here right now who, who won't die until you've seen me, until you've seen my kingdom come, he says. And right after that, he goes into the mountain of transfiguration with James, Peter, and John, and, and they watch him become transfigured, it says in Matthew. He, he was transfigured. His face became altered. They saw him as someone else, even though it was the same person. And his face shone like the sun, it says. And his clothes were glistening and radiating in glory. And it says the glory of God came down and, and it surrounded them. And then out from the glory comes Peter. Sorry, <laughs> no, they were in it. It comes Moses and Elijah. That's pretty wild. I talked some awesome stuff about that last week. you got to listen to it if you didn't hear it yet. All right? But, but it says that they came to talk to him about his decease. But then when you look in that word decease, it actually is the Greek word exodus. And so that Jesus was actually, he wasn't preparing to go to the cross. He was preparing for an exodus so that he could take Everybody with him, just like Moses did out of Egypt on an exodus, out of bondage and corruption and the, and the spirit of this world into freedom, into the promised land. Come on. So he wasn't, they weren't, they weren't coming to prepare him to go to the cross. They were preparing him to go through the cross, to the cross, through the cross, back to heaven fully restored in glory. So he's the resurrected, glorified Christ. Hallelujah. And, and that word transfigured, where, where he, and he, he actually manifested the very glory that was his own glory. So it's like God the Father was allowing Jesus to have an encounter with himself that he's about to be restored back to again. So this was actually in preparation for a new transition point. He was about to complete phase two so he could exodus out of it and transition into phase three, back into the fullness of his glory again. And Jesus said, follow me. He said, if you want to come after me, 
Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So Jesus wasn't just saying, follow me and get to the cross. He's saying, follow me where I'm going because I'm not stopping at the cross. I'm actually going into an exodus, a departure for a new arrival. I'm gonna, we're going to exit out of the phase two limited earthly human limited lifestyle on this earth. We're going to transition out of that into the eternal kingdom. Fully restored. Follow me. Gives a whole different perspective. Follow me. I, I don't, don't just follow me to the cross. If you, st- if you stop there, that'll keep you in religion. You got to get there. And, and, and we need to live in that reality, okay? That, that we got to continually be choosing. I'm going to die to this world so I can live. I don't want to just die for, for self-martyrdom to get credit with God. I need to die from the thing that imprisoned me so I can launch into the fullness of everything that Jesus came to restore us to. Come on. And so that word transfigured is the Greek word metamorpho. Metamorpho. He was transfigured. He was, he, he was changed from earthly appearance to divine appearance. Metamorpho. It's the same word as metamorphosis, where a caterpillar goes into a cocoon and becomes transformed, metamorpho, into the butterfly, a new creation. Guess what? It became a new creation, and all old things passed away. Right? Metamorpho. And that's what happened with Jesus. And so he's saying, I, I, I laid down phase one in the fullness of my glory so I can come down here and be completely limited, the lowest form of humility I can, but I'm getting ready to transition out of that. Will you follow me? You want to come after me? Follow me? Take up the cross because that's the doorway. The cross is the doorway into the next phase that I'm asking you to join me with. Come on. So, so now I need to proceed, and I touched on this last week, but Romans 12, 1 through 2, and I'm just going to keep busting through stuff so I can try to compress this into your time, because your whales are calling, I know. Here, I feel one coming. Will you hear it? No, nah, I don't think you can hear it. All right, Romans, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mind you, this is the same book. Same author as Romans 6, where he's talking about being crucified with Jesus, buried, resurrected. So now reckon yourself as dead to sin, alive to God, and present yourself as alive to God. Same book. Six chapters later, same book, coming from the same context. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Everybody say, present my body. A living sacrifice. Remember we talked about present yourself as dead to sin. Now he's saying present yourself. Not only, don't just focus on the sin side, present yourself as a living sacrifice. That is another way of saying take up your cross daily. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. He's not saying do this for a moment and then move on and then you're no longer a living sacrifice. We're going to continue that, but we're not going to stay there. We're going to live from that reality and then move past it. 
Okay? So we're, it says, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So that's taking up your cross daily. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does he want to transform us into? <laughs> Glory. He, he wants to transform us into the, the image of Christ that he's put in your spirit. And, and he's, he's trying to get us to the full expression of everything that Jesus died to make us to become. I, I've been made a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay? And he's trying to help us to be transformed into the fullness of God's image in us and, and the, 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 the very d- divine nature that we're partakers of in Christ. Okay? Transformed. And that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we know that that's talking about taking up your cross, but we're not just di- dying to ourselves for the sake of dying to ourself. We're dying to ourself so that we can enter into a resurrected life in Christ. If you're born again, there is more power that's already inside of you than you know. The, the, the resurrected Christ lives in you. Amen? And that word transformed by renewing of your mind, that word transformed is the Greek word metamorpho. Metamorpho. It's the same exact word as when Jesus was transfigured and he, he actually revealed his very glory that he was about to be completely restored to. It never changed who he was when he came to this earth. Okay? He just hid it. Now he's revealing it. Okay? He hid it for 33 years so he could submit to humanity. But now he's, he's being revealed. So he was transfigured. He was metamorpho. The, what was actually in him was revealed in that moment. But now it's saying in Romans 12 too that it says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed, be transfigured. Transfigured. Metamorpho. By the renewing of your mind. What? I want to remind you that when the Bible says that Christ is in you, and it also says that you're in Him, it's not talking about Jesus in phase two on this earth. It's Jesus right now in the heavens, on His throne, fully glorified where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the anointed one, the glorified one. Come on. The one who sits in the heavens and that's His throne and the earth is His footstool and it's still not even big enough for Him. That's who's in you. Not Jesus who's getting ready to die on the cross or is hanging on the cross still. He's that same Jesus, but he's already done that. And and Jesus has been resurrected and glorified. And it's the resurrected, glorified Christ who lives in you. There's more in you than you know.
This is good. It says that if you're transformed by the renewing, let me rephrase that, if you're transfigured, because this is in Christ, right? It's not your glory, but you're one with the one whose glory it is, all right? Transfigured with Christ, wow, by the renewing of your mind, your mind is just coming into agreement with what already is there. It's already there. But your mind getting renewed is, is you're capturing the mind of Christ. You're capturing his truth. He already knows who you are, and he's trying to reveal it to you. You get transformed. And it says you will prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Does, does prove mean that you're going to be excellent at spiritual and Bible debates? No. That's great if you are good at that, but that's not what this is talking about. Prove. It's not, it's not talking about mental gymnastics, about truth, it's, or, or anything like that. It's, it's talking about, it's not, it's not apologetics even. Those are good, but that's not what this means. Proof. When it says you approve His will, proof is fruit. Fruit. What's in you will come out. What's in you will come out. It, will, it won't just come out, it will be displayed. It won't just be displayed, it will be available for people to partake of, to encounter, to taste and see that He is good. Come on. What if there's glory in you already? There is. More than you know. You may have tasted it at times and forgotten, just like me, with knowing the blood pressures and circulations. And I've heard those facts before, but, but it's come and gone. Doesn't mean that it wasn't a real thing inside of me. His glory's in you, but you won't ever see it if you don't allow the Lord to do the work of the Lord in you to reveal it to you and to bring you into the transfiguration of it. Amen? <laughs> it was, I think, 2011, if I remember right. We were still in Reading. Well, we were not still. We'd only been there for a few years at that point. But during that season, it probably went into 2012 a little bit, <clears throat> there was a season when... The, the glory of God started manifesting visibly at, at Bethel Church. Visibly. A cloud came in. And in the cloud was gold dust, and it would swarm and dance around the room. It was amazing. Happened many times. And, and the first time it happened, I heard... The, in, the, in the upstairs over to the right of where the sanctuary is, is an overflow room, or was. And, and there were, it, the room was so crowded that that room was packed up there. And during worship, I think it was either during worship or when Seth Dahl was preaching, I can't remember. But while they were up there, that glory cloud actually manifested in that room first. And they saw it moving around and growing and swelling and then it, it literally flowed through the building, 
down into the sanctuary, the, the pathway. And it was all over the place. Do you remember? Were you there, Seth, or Darlene, during that? You were, Seth? You just, okay. I'm better than you then. I'm just kidding. I'm just, kidding. I'm just joking. I'm joking. People act like that. We're trying to, we're trying to crush that mentality. It's just a joke. <clears throat> I'm joking. This isn't about me or you or anybody else. It's about him. But, uh, but we saw it, and, and it was awesome. And when I say awesome, I don't mean like awesome, rad, dude. I mean like awesome. Felt his presence very strong. And, and there, we were there for a night service the first time we experienced it. And it came in the room and a bunch of, like, it, it just totally disrupted, if you could imagine. Like, everything stopped and we're just all, like, watching it and wonder. And, and, gold, and, and angel feathers were dropping around. It was crazy. And, and we went up. There's 100 people probably went up on the stage just because that's where the thickest part was. And I, I went up there. Did you go up there? I'm not going to say I'm better than you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm not, I said I'm not going to say that. I don't think, I don't believe that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But go with me here because I want you guys to, I want you guys to imagine this, all right? Like uh, tangible, visible cloud. And, and like it was unique because gold dust, like it was full. Glittering around, you could see it sparkling, and, and the flow—it was like dancing. It was—it was crazy, and up on the stage, and you could feel his presence so strong. And up on the stage, the Lord asked me—I I was in about a hundred people, right? It's not like I was standing up there. We all were, <clears throat> but the Lord said, "Jesse, <clears throat> close your eyes." I'm like, but you have to see what—you have to look at it. Right? He said, close your eyes. I closed my eyes and just stood there for a moment. And he said, what do you feel? I said, I feel your presence. And he, and he said, focus inward. What do you feel? I said, I, I feel, feel your presence. And I realized that what, 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 was, uh, what I was experiencing in the presence and inside me was not much different, if at all, than what I experienced any other time that I'm having an encounter with the Lord and I feel his presence. And the Lord said, Jesse, you're seeing a demonstration of my glory, but it doesn't change the fact that my glory is already in you. It's already in you. <clears throat> like I could see something ex externally, but what was internal was just as profound as what was external if I would just give it the attention that it needed. Like, it, like we're, we're always looking for awesome signs, and I want them, guys. I believe that we're going to see things happen like we've never seen before. I believe God's going to, he has creative ideas that have never even been manifested before. That are going to blow our minds, I believe it. But, but, but sometimes we're looking out there for things, waiting for God to show up. And he's like, hey, I've actually been here the whole time. Why are you looking somewhere else instead of paying attention to the thing that's already with you? Because the more you can understand what's in you, the more you're going to start seeing that thing manifested around you. 
And the more that we renew our minds to truth, and the Lord's saying, I'm already with you, my glory's in you, and I can renew my mind and believe that He actually has already done a good job of not having split personalities where He's like, I'm going I'm to sever my glory off and come inside of you. No. No, He comes in the full form of who He is. We don't experience it because we don't know it. But the more we know it, and the more we renew our minds to this reality, we become transfigured. Transfigured, not just transformed. It's not just a, it's not just, he's not wanting to stop a, a transformation of just mental, like, like belief systems. Like we need the right belief systems to get the transformation. The, the, the belief system shifting is not the end result. It's the avenue that gets us lined up with the result he's trying to bring to us. And he's not just trying to get us to believe different. Yes, believe different. Believe right. Believe truth. But, but know and trust that it's actually taking you beyond that. He, he wants to transform you from the inside out. Transfiguration. The glory that's in you, he wants it to actually get revealed to you and then through you. <clears throat> that you may prove the will of the Lord. What is the will of the Lord? It's that the whole earth will see His glory. <laughs> That's the will of the Lord. How are you going to prove the will of the Lord if you're not experiencing His glory and manifesting it? Proof is fruit. It's external proof of what's already there inside. <laughs> and we're waiting for a day for God just to come and drop His glory on the earth and like... I have nothing to do with it. Well, what if you actually do have something to do with it? <clears throat> what if the reason we're not seeing it is because we're not living in it and entering into it and releasing it? <laughs> what if people are waiting for the, for the divine bailout When God's saying, it can't happen until you engage with it the way I need you to. And then it's going to actually happen through your life, and He can come upon that because you've made yourself available the way He needs you to. <laughs> like, what if you are the guarantee or the hindrance to the revival outpouring you're waiting for because God actually equated you into His plan. He did. He actually did. <laughs> we're, we're waiting for something to happen to us and God's saying it already happened to you when you got saved and I put it in you. I didn't give it to you in pieces as we sing. That, that song is a real song, guys. Like, it's not like, I'll give you my unglorified self. <laughs> he gave you his best. He gave you his full. And he's glorified. He's resurrected. He's full of power. He has the exousia, which is the, the, the authority. He carries all authority in heaven and on earth. And he lives in you. There's more. <laughs> you better get excited. Good. Go there, brother. 
There's more in you to the born-again Christian. There's more in you than, you than your mind could ever conceive. And that's why Jesus kept saying, if you have ears to hear, if you have eyes to see, like you, you, it takes faith to hear what he's saying. It takes faith to see what he's showing. Some people miss it because they're not tuning in or they're not believing. But it's right there. He didn't graft himself into you and you into him as a human being that has been pre-resurrected. <laughs> I love to have you guys join me in this declaration, so you should, as I say it right now. I want you guys to repeat this. My spirit, My spirit. is in union with the resurrected, glorified Christ. Say it again. My spirit is in union with the resurrected, glorified Christ. The glorified Christ lives in me. Say it. Why don't you guys put your hand on your heart or your belly, whichever place you like. And I want you just to take a, just take a faith look inside of yourself. And I want you to see, you, you may not understand it. I don't get it. Like, how does Jesus, how's he in there? I, I don't know. But I know he is. And he's not trapped to the confines of the size of your body. Okay, he's not limited to that, that walking meat sack of yours that you have. All right? Like, he, he crosses through walls. He's bigger. Right? But he lives in you. He's the glorious one. The glorious one. He has not installed his glory five million miles away in the galaxies far, far away that you have to find your way to. Literally lives in you. <laughs> Let the Spirit fall on you right now because man is he here. And then you have to ask the questions, if he's in here and he's glorious, what's the limitations to what he can do? I don't know about you, but I, I actually feel his glory right now. He's here. He's here. He's in you. If you're not born again yet, please do it quick so you don't miss out. There's more than you believe this thing is. <clears throat> Lord, I, I ask you right now, whoo, sweep through the room. Holy Spirit, move. I, I feel him. I'm feeling it stronger. Move, Lord. <sighs> Over every person right now. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <clears throat> It says that the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty. And He's the one who removes the veils off our eyes. Lord, remove the veils. Show us, Lord. Lord, when You reveal, when You reveal, You unveil, Lord, You're showing us things that are already present. Show us, God, the Christ in us. <clears throat> 
He's more than you think he is. And he's closer than you think he is. Lord, manifest your glory. I ask you individually and corporately, God, more glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Move, Lord. Move, Lord. Move, Lord. Move, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you, you, miracles are fruit, Lord, of you. <laughs> God, miracles cannot help themselves, God. They flow out of you like sweat. <laughs> Flow, Lord, right now. I, I pray in Jesus' name to release miracles. Miracles. Healings, breakthroughs, miracles in Jesus' name. Lord, let the, let the glory go to those loved ones that we prayed for earlier. Thank you, God. We want more, Lord. We want more, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. When you read Revelation and it shows Jesus revealed and it says that his face glows and his clothes glow, his face is like the sun. It's the same Jesus that's in Isaiah 6. It's the same Jesus that got transfigured except he's not in the confines of that body pre-resurrection anymore. He lives in you. And you have full access to him. God, I ask you to reveal to us the magnitude of this reality. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will put an unquenchable thirst and hunger in each one of us to, to go deeper on this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.